The Champions League is back with a bang. Atletico stun the champions of Europe in Madrid. It's curling away from Alisson's goal. Drops inside the area and Atletico have the lead. It's touched home by Saul from a couple of metres out. We've only played four minutes. Atletico Madrid won. Liverpool nil. And who else but Erling Haaland? The teenager is the hero again as Dortmund blasts past Paris Saint-Germain. Oh, what a hit from Haaland! That is an absolute beauty! This game has come to life with a blockbuster from Haaland, making it Dortmund 2, Paris 1. We talk European upsets, early goals and terrific teenagers right here on Match Day Live. Welcome along, I'm Rob Daly. We're going to dissect all the action from the first night of this season's Champions League round of 16 first legs. And we've got two commentary aficionados with us. Steve Wilson was watching Atletico 1, Liverpool 0, while Mark Scott was keeping across Borussia Dortmund 2, Paris Saint-Germain 1. Firstly, and I know this isn't easy, Steve, your three-word <laughs> match report, please, for Atletico Liverpool. Well, to slightly misquote a former British Prime Minister, my three words are organisation, organisation, organisation. <laughs> Very good indeed. Mark, how about you, Dortmund's win against Paris? Ha la land. Okay, very good. We'll get to more on that in a moment. Uh, European expert Kevin Hatchard is with us as well. Kevin, um, your highlight of the night? Erling Haaland's stunning goal to beat Paris. Uh, an unbelievable strike from such an exciting prospect. Okay, well, let's start with the match at the Metropolitano, uh, where the early goal from Saul uh, gave Atletico the victory. And uh, it, was a, it was a real shock for Liverpool, Steve, to, to go behind so early from a set piece like that. It was. It was a really uh, sloppy start to the game from Liverpool, really, which is not like them at all. Um, Atletico were right onto the front foot, and Liverpool seemed slightly surprised by it. Uh, defended poorly, conceded a corner. I'd like to see the concession of the corner again. It was Van Dijk who conceded it. I think there was a possibility that he felt there was a foul or something in the build-up. It was a strange one to concede. He just put the ball out of play. Um, corner kick, not dealt with. Liverpool one down. And, and that is exactly what uh, Diego Simeone would have wanted. It gave them the platform that they wanted and, and Liverpool weren't, in the end, good enough to break them down. It was straight out of the pages of the Atletico textbook because once they got that goal, A, it energised the crowd and B, it energised the players. You could see the belief that it gave them because they were in that 4-4-2. They were daring Liverpool to break them down and Liverpool just couldn't do that. And when they did have chances, it was always either at full stretch or it was passes that didn't quite hit their targets or crosses that didn't beat the first man. And it was so difficult for Liverpool, even though they had all that possession, to build up any kind of tangible momentum. And it was just a classic Atletico performance. And every time they did, there were moments in the game where you did feel that the the ball was rolling for Liverpool. You know, it was it was it was a momentum was with them, but 
they weren't quite clever enough. It felt like a massive personal victory for Simeone because he's had criticism that he's not used to receiving this season. It's difficult circumstances. He's lost a lot of key players in the last year or two. This is a big rebuild for Atletico. But all of that work he puts in on the training ground, all of that footage he's been watching week after week after week of Liverpool, that all coalesced into this magnificent Atletico performance. He'll be so, so pleased that they carried out his instructions to the letter. Yeah, and you get a sense that given how things are going in, in the Spanish Liga at the moment, they're not really in the title race. It, it's Real Madrid or Barcelona this season. And the fact they haven't been winning that many games, one in five, I think it is, in Spain currently. A, he'll be hoping that this could kick on this season, but he might also be wondering, where's this been? Where's this fight been? And maybe it needs a big Champions League night, a big Simeone dancing Ging up the crowd kind of night to actually kickstart this season into the final three months of the campaign in Europe and, and domestically. I think it will, but I think throwing forward to the second leg now, has he learned the lessons of Chirin? That's the big question because they did this before. They managed to get themselves a decent position against Juventus. Then they went to Turin. They were far too negative in that game. They tried to sit on the lead that they built. And in the end, they got blown away. And because they didn't pose that attacking threat, all of the work they did in the first leg slipped away. They cannot afford to try and do that again at Anfield because if they do, I think things will just go the same way. So, yes, if they go to Anfield and dig in, they can do that to a certain extent. They must pose an attacking threat. Steve, were you surprised? I mean, you know, a lot of the talk have been Liverpool are our favourites. Atletico are not the team of two years ago because they're in the middle of this rebuild. Were you surprised? how well drilled how organized how tough it was for liverpool to get through yeah i mean you know that you know that simeone is an arch tactician and you know these these are not inexperienced you know players that he's plucked out of the playground to play against liverpool you know this is a a proper side but yes not so much that they were um as good as they were but that they could actually keep that going for 90 minutes or 85 minutes really when the game changed after they scored and because it was almost relentless liverpool possession and it takes an enormous amount of mental focus i agree with kevin absolutely they will have to score at anfield and i cannot see liverpool not scoring at anfield and, and atletico if they're going to go through are probably going to have to score a goal at anfield the tie is brilliantly poised because the players that they have they might score they might well score at Anfield so many heroes for Atletico tonight as well because you look at Redan Lodi at left back wasn't necessarily certain to start the game there was talk in the Spanish media that Saul who of course is such a good midfielder might have slotted in in that left back role but he was given the start he was given the backing by Simeone he was terrific it was his cross initially that put the pressure on that led to the corner from which Atletico scored he created a great chance for Morata in the second half and on the other side of that defence Shimo Vasalico only just come back from knee surgery he hasn't played almost any football recently came back he was able to last the 90 minutes he was able to keep Sadio Mane out of the game in the first half completely so much so that Mane went off at half time having picked up a yellow card for a clash with him so I thought the full backs were terrific I thought the midfield worked ever so hard and you look at Angel Correa in attack didn't pose much going forward but he hustled and he harried and he pressed when he needed to it was excellent it really was. Uh, let's hear from one of Atletico's defenders uh, tonight, formerly of Manchester City, of course, Stefan Savage. 
Yeah, the crucial was the team spirit. Then the, the, our team is like when everybody thinks we are we are down, we are more dangerous because our team is really great. We had difficulties with injuries, but you saw the, the game we played today, how we prepared the game, and we play I think amazing game because we didn't. Uh, 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 let Liverpool score, score some goals. They didn't create so many chances, and we are proud of that. But it's still only first game, so it's going to be really difficult to play in their stadium. Uh, Stephen Savage playing at centre back tonight. Probably the, of that group, the most Simeone experienced of, of the back four, even though he wasn't necessarily first choice uh, in recent times for uh, Atletico. From a Liverpool point of view, it was pretty much their. Is that their strongest eleven that they actually? Went within the indie thing for Pino and Manu back in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's their strongest side. Yeah. Uh, why do you think it would, it didn't really happen for them to? And it, it did remind me a little bit, Steve, of the Norwich game. But yes, they they got the win in the end, but it wasn't the most fluent we've seen from Liverpool. Lots of passing around the the penalty area. They just couldn't quite make it happen. Well, I, I mean, reason. if you want to look at, at the bigger picture, you know, Liverpool have only very rarely this season played as they did quite frequently last season. You know, you think yeah. about the sort of 4-0 against Barcelona. Liverpool this season have been much, let's say in previous seasons, they, let's say you have a run of four games, it would be 4-0, 5-1, 3-1, 1-1. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this season, it's 1-0, 2-1, 1-0, 2-1. Ultimately, you get more points but you're not blowing teams away. Liverpool have not blown teams away this season, but they've always found a way. They came up against a side. That is the best defensive performance they have come up against for a very, yeah. very long time. You do not get that very often in the Premier League. There are lots of teams that say to Liverpool, go on then, break us down. And then they just go and do it. But against Atletico, they just couldn't do that. And the chances they created, Salah's header is the clearest of them. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, a good cross in and Salah had made a run between defenders, which he hadn't been able to do for a lot of the game. And when he did, he wasn't found with the right delivery. And then Jordan Henderson, again, arriving in the penalty area. It was an awkward kind of hip high volley and he shoveled it just wide. I didn't feel that the midfield combined enough with the forwards. I felt that Firmino was the most dangerous player. He played his usual game of pulling into areas where defenders don't like to go. Savage had a bit of a, a nightmare trying to marshal him at times. Um, but there just wasn't that sparkle. And even though Liverpool had all that possession, they just didn't pose enough questions to Atletico's defence. Just looking at Twitter and stuff, there's quite a lot of talk about, uh, you know, this is coming from Liverpool, Liverpool supporters complaining about Atletico gamesmanship and all this kind of stuff. I, I, I mean, I would have to say, I don't think it is. I think it was Liverpool naivety. They gave, you know, when you looked at those little fouls that the referee gave 95% of them, and there were an awful lot of them in Atletico's favour, when you looked at them again, yes, there was a little kick in the back of the calf. There was a little nudge in the back. And and the players are going to go to ground. You think they did a lot tonight? Wait for three weeks' time in Anfield. <laughs> uh, let's hear from the Liverpool manager now, speaking in the last few moments, Jurgen Klopp. It was the fight we, we, we expected. It was the atmosphere we expected. And um, But I loved so many parts of our game, uh, really, to be honest. So first and foremost, it's half-time. We are 1-0 down. And we don't only play a second half. We played in our stadium, which is obviously completely different to, to, to this stadium here. Um, and... 
build-up was exceptional, counter-press was exceptional. What we, we lacked, of course, um, yeah, fin- in, in, a, in the final third, I would say, to be clear enough. Uh, they defended with all they had. So their defending in the box was incredible, to be honest. So we had moments, we came through, and then we didn't hit the balls clear. But that's how it is in a game like this. You know, we take it like it is, all good. Second leg, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Harb's height, as they say in uh, Germany. We're only halfway through the tie. Liverpool didn't actually manage to register a shot on uh, on target throughout the course uh, of the game. How do we see the second tie, gents? You can see 3-1 Liverpool and another famous night. You can see Atletico just getting a goal and killing it. Or... I think Liverpool need an early goal. If, if Liverpool yeah. score early, it's a completely different game. Um, if if they haven't scored in the first 15 minutes or so, Liverpool will go for the throat right from the off. If they haven't scored in the first 15 minutes, I think Atletico will build and build and build and frustrate and frustrate. Liverpool will get, you know, more anxious as it goes on. I can see it being a really long night. Yeah. One of the things I think will really disappoint Jurgen Klopp, even though he was understandably positive there, from set pieces, Liverpool didn't pose any questions at all, really. And that's where Atletico, unusually for them, because they've had this big turnover of defenders, because they've had lots of chopping and changing in the lineup, defensively at set pieces, they have struggled. Yeah. And Liverpool, at no stage, really, posed that question and caused that problem, which Atletico did to them very early on and scored the goal. OK, uh, Atletico 1, Liverpool 0. More from uh, Stephen Kevin in a moment. But let's move on to Borussia Dortmund against Paris Saint-Germain and it sprung into life in the second half. Haaland with the nice layoff into Reina, the substitute has just come on. Sancho sends it wide. Hakimi's ball in! What a chance! Haaland, it's in! Dortmund lead! And it's that man, Erling Haaland, who scores in the UEFA Champions League again. His first in the competition for Dortmund. Dortmund won. Harris nil. Oh, and Mbappe has uh, managed to get through here. And crosses for Neymar, who levels the scores. A goal out of nothing for Paris. And their two superstars combine to make it 1-1 on the night. Neymar from point-blank range, teed up by Mbappe. Dortmund 1, Paris 1, and the effort is in! Oh, what a hit from Haaland! That is an absolute beauty to put Dortmund back in front. This game has come to life with a blockbuster from Haaland, making it Dortmund 2, Paris 1. It was a bunch of teenagers that did it in the end uh, for Borussia Dortmund. Almost UEFA Youth League qualifying players. Uh, <laughs> all three of them there in Reina, Harlan and Sancho, who were the, the front three that really made it happen into the closing stages of the game. Mark Scott joins uh, Kevin and myself now. Mark, what, what a night from Erling Haaland, who really seemed to be enjoying the full time, you know, halfway through the tie, but really seemed to be enjoying the moment and the fact he was the match winner on a big Champions League night. Yeah, it took him a while to get going because he had a couple of sighters in the first half. One really good opportunity when Jadon Sancho clipped the ball over to him and uh, about five metres out, just needed a firm header, got nowhere near enough contact on it. It drifted wide and he had another shot into the side netting from a promising position. So he wasn't quite on it in the first half. Then again, no one really was. Jadon Sancho, probably the only player that uh, had a first half that was worth talking about. 
but he showed what he can do. One chance, one goal uh, from uh, a ball that just rebounded favourably his way. Uh, five metres out, predatory finish. And then we saw the other side to his game as well. An absolute thunderbolt from about 20 metres out that absolutely zipped beyond Kayla Navas and into the roof of the net. So he showed both facets of his game. I mean, the numbers are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, we'll repeat them again. That's now 39 goals in only 29 games across the entire season for him. 11 in seven since he joined Dortmund in January and already 10 in the UEFA Champions League and uh, his first uh, in the uh, yellow and black of Borussia Dortmund. Uh, in between his two goals, Neymar briefly uh, brought Paris level from close range when Mbappe made the most of uh, a bit of a moment to forget for Dan Axel Zagadou who let Mbappe just uh, charge through him. But overall, Dortmund were good value for the win. They were the brighter, they were the more positive, they were the more intense, they seemed more match fit for this game and uh, Paris had an off night and they're also going to be without Verratti and Mounier for the second leg after both of them picked up cautions this evening so it's going to be a tough task ahead. Okay let's hear from uh, Erling Haaland who was asked what was going through his head for that second goal when the ball broke to him on the edge of the penalty area. I didn't think too much I, uh, I enjoyed the moment and uh, yeah that's uh, these nights you, you live for and uh, we let in a goal we should have kept a nil but uh, that's how it is. We we have to uh, we have to improve, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in, uh, in the next Champions League game. I think he's had a bit of media training, Kev, after his yes. early his early interviews, which are exceptionally brief <laughs> answers. <laughs> he, he didn't really seem to know what to, to do. But I mean, what a night, what a night for him! You know, 11 goals now already for Dortmund. He's one behind Royce as their second top scorer uh, this season. With Sancho out in, uh, in first in 16. I mean. Uh, you know, we, we knew he was a super talent. We knew everyone yep. wanted him in, in January. Nobody expected this start from him. I'm going to set the bar incredibly high for him Don't here. Don't you dare but say you a, knew this was going to happen. No, 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 no. But there's an element of Lewandowski about him. And what I mean by that is that one of the things that's really super impressive about Lewandowski is that he'll miss a chance... And he won't care. And the reason he won't care is because he knows another one's coming because he's so good, so good at getting in scoring positions all the time. Harlan, for example, on Friday against Frankfurt in the 4-0 win, had a bad game by his own admission. Touch was poor. Some of the runs weren't right. But he still scored and he still made a difference to his team. And you saw in this game, he was missing chances in that first half, but he kept on getting himself in the right positions. He has the pace. He has the physicality. He's very clever about how he uses his body. He's good in the air as well. And the way he's already linked up with the players around him shows you that he has real football intelligence as well. So he is just a super exciting prospect. Uh, let's hear from another one of Dortmund's new recruits, midfielder Emre Chan. It was a big statement from the team how we defend today, and uh, but we now it's not uh, the end. It's just half time. We will have a very difficult game in Paris, and but we have to continue like that. Just everybody knew what they have to do on the pitch, and uh, we didn't uh, change anything, and uh, we did it uh, really well as a team. And um, if we continue like that, it will be very difficult to score against us. And um, big compliment to the team. It was confirmed just hours before kickoff that Emery Chan's move from Juventus is now a permanent one, having initially joined uh, on loan. And Marcus, I suppose it almost felt like there were three new signings out there for Dortmund today because they had Haaland scoring the goals, Jan running midfield, and then Gio Reyna, who they obviously signed for their youth side, who's sort of been fast-tracked and now had an impact in the Champions League with 
massive, massively significant second half performance from him. Yeah, great introduction. Torgan Hazard had been pretty quiet, actually. So when Rayner came on, he added a bit of spark going forwards uh, for Dortmund. 17 years of age, um, his UEFA Champions League uh, debut. And uh, another interesting thing to flag up is when he came on, Dortmund's front three consisted of players who were born in London, Leeds and Sunderland. So as Englishmen, <laughs> we're desperately trying to cling on to any kind of credit we can get for a good performance. But um, yeah, he looked very assured out there um, and um, yeah, played very nice with his little cameo and the ages that you see in that side 17 year old and it, you know Sancho and uh, Haaland are almost elder statesmen compared to him uh, but they're still teenagers as well and I think that uh, Lucien Favre will be very very impressed with the composure that his very youthful side showed in the latter stages of that game to see it out the worry for Paris and Thomas Tuchel will be that they looked very devoid of ideas and there will be questions asked about Tuchel because he switched his formation this evening from the usual 4-4-2. They didn't really get much joy. Dortmund made it a very narrow game for them. They couldn't get through the heart of midfield. And he only made the one change, and that was late on when Sarabia came on for Di Maria. So I imagine that the French press will be having a look at Thomas Tuchel's tactics and Paris once again in danger of going out at the uh, first hurdle in the knockout stage. Yeah, we've got the goals in the second half we we're looking for. I also think it's probably too late to get Haaland and Rainer for England, isn't it, with their <laughs> injury problems up front ahead of the Euros. Uh, let's hear from someone in the, the Paris Saint-Germain camp and you mentioned him there Mark Thomas Munier he will miss the uh, the second leg here is the Belgian international right back really intense uh, yeah. <clears throat> like all the game even the first half uh, physically it's, we, it was very demanding and uh, yeah, obviously we maybe we deserved the, the draw tonight but uh, Dortmund was really really good uh, they played like a, like a home team like they, they used to do um, since the beginning of the season uh, they didn't lose uh, one game here at home and uh, we saw today that it was difficult. Yes, yeah, Mark, that, that, looking ahead to that second leg, it's going to be difficult now without those, without those two players you mentioned, Verratti and Mounier, who, you know, they're starters. They're starters for Paris. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you could see the uh, the disappointment on Thomas Tuchel's face when he suddenly realised uh, that, um, you know, Verratti is so key uh, in the heart of uh, their midfield. And uh, he did a pretty good job of picking up the pieces because, to be honest, uh, Chan and Witzel had the better of that midfield uh, sort of uh, contest. And that wasn't what I expected. With Julian Brandt out of the side, I thought that might be an area where Paris had the edge. But certainly Verratti helped to sure that that was one area of the pitch they did well in and he's not going to be there for the return fixture. OK, Mark, thank you uh, very much. Uh, big night for Dortmund. Leipzig, their uh, fellow Bundesliga opposition, are in action tomorrow night as they go to Spurs. Let's look ahead to uh, Wednesday's round of 16 first leg ties uh, now. Spurs against Leipzig in London. Steve Wilson and Kevin Hatchard alongside me. Son injured, Steve. You've seen a lot of Spurs um, this season with Kane already out. How big a loss is that for, for it's, Tottenham? It's an, it's an enormous loss for, for Tottenham. I don't see where there are goals in that side. You said earlier you might be right. Perhaps Deli Ali will play as a kind of false nine or something while he's not having a great season. Um, I, I, I think that's going to be hard for Tottenham, I've got to say. I think it's going to be tough. Does it shift the tie because I probably did have it, Kev, around 50-50. Does it shift the tie in favour of Leipzig despite their lack of Champions League, top-level Champions League experience? A little, because Son is such a good player, such an effective player, a player who was in form. But what I would say is that Leipzig have 
big absentees in defence. Vili Orban, their natural leader in defence, isn't there, hasn't been for a while. Ibrahim Konate is out. And Dario Upamecano, who's been sensational in the last couple of months, is suspended. So whereas Spurs have problems in attack, Leipzig have big problems in defence. And what they have been doing is playing fullbacks like Marcel Halstenberg and Lukas Klostermann in that back three. I imagine Julian Nagelsmann will do that again and perhaps put Nordi Mukiele in as the third defender. But I do still see this as 50-50 over the two legs. Yeah, Spurs have brought in Bergvine, of course, uh, in the January transfer window, registered for the for the Champions League as well. Leipzig have also made additions, including uh, Danny Olmo. And Atlanta-Valencia tomorrow, Kev. Um, two teams, you know, probably happy with the draw, actually, when it was made in the round of 16. Both, get, both will feel they've got a chance of reaching the quarters. Well, Atalanta will play their game under Giampiero Gasparini because they always do. They'll play on the front foot. They'll look to attack. They score so many goals. The big question is which Valencia will turn up. The one that was hammered 3-0 at Getafe or 4-1 at Mallorca or the one that won in Amsterdam against Ajax. It's going to be fascinating to see how Valencia approach this. Well, it's worth remembering that Atalanta have only won two of their Champions League matches this season. They might be the biggest underdogs uh, to make the quarterfinals. Uh, Steve, Kevin and Mark, thank you very much for your company this evening. It's uh, been great fun on Champions League Match Day Live. Thank you at home for listening as well. Just a reminder, you can download this podcast shortly after every UEFA Champions League match night. You can also listen to us live every match night from 1930 CET on the official Champions League app on UEFA.com or on Sirius XM. It's a lot of fun, so make sure you tune in for the knockout stages of this season's competition. Dortmund and Atletico win tonight. We bring you full live commentary and analysis tomorrow. But for now, from myself, Rob Daly, and the rest of the team, it's goodbye. It's curling away from Alisson's goal. Drops inside the area, and Atletico have the lead. It's touched home by Saul from a couple of metres out. We've only played four minutes. Atletico Madrid won. Liverpool nil. And the effort is in. Oh, what a hit from Haaland. That is an absolute beauty to put Dortmund back in front. This game has come to life with a blockbuster from Haaland, making it Dortmund 2, Paris 1. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.